You're listening to the official Khan and Cans podcast powered by ACAST, the world's largest independent podcast company. G'day, bonjour. I'm your host, Bryce Crosswell, Victorian Group Sales Lead here at ACAST, and I'm ready to bring you on the journey of Khan and Cans presented by Pinterest. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the official Khan and Cans podcast. For this episode, we have a real life doctor in the house, <laughs> and he brought a stethoscope too. Yes. Uh, Dr. Nick Coatesworth held a key national role in the Australian response to COVID-19 as Deputy Chief Medical Officer. Nick became one of the most recognised medical spokespeople during the pandemic, engaging the Australian community through a variety of media platforms. Nick has a passion for clear communication, driven by the need to translate the increasingly complex world of medicine into a language that his patients um, can make informed choices around. Uh, which is right up my alley because I have no idea what doctors say at times and cannot understand your writing. <laughs> well, that's can, a prerequisite for getting in, Bryce. Cannot understand your writing. All the degrees in the world can't write. No, um, but that's something that they teach us in med school just to write illegibly so people can't sue you. That's the idea. I feel it. Look, welcome, Nick, to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, it's Bryce. great to have you here, mate. I'm guessing that the last few years would have been a whirlwind for you. Um, take us through a day in the life of the Deputy Chief Medical Officer. <laughs> well, it's like it's starting to become like the artist formerly known as Prince, isn't it? So, <laughs> I mean, it, the hardest part was in 2020 and that was also the most exciting in a way. Exciting generated, excitement generated through anxiety and uh, not really knowing what the future held with COVID-19. We had no treatments. We didn't know what worked, what didn't work. We didn't know when we were going to get the vaccines. Uh, we were thinking, you know, it'd be 18 months before we got vaccines. And of course, fortunately, they were, they were there a lot sooner than that. So the day in the life was, was really, we would get up and daily press conferences. So it was all about informing the public and the community about what was going on. And uh, really, one of the best things, uh, best piece of advice that I got was um, we, we'd had about three or four weeks in front of the cameras before the department gave us media training, which is, you know, that's like the bureaucracy, yeah, they, um, it, that's just how it works. But ha having been in front of the cameras, uh, one of the guys who was doing the media training had a look, look at my stuff and basically said, look, you're at your best when you're communicating as though there's a patient behind that camera. And so that's the sort of vibe that I took forward with me. Uh, every, every time I was sort of uncertain about something uh, or the questions were difficult and the questions get difficult when you're with a patient. If you're in your clinic room, patients asking about a prognosis and you, you don't really know the answer, well, there's a couple of general principles. You don't make anything up. Yep. You're as honest with them as you possibly can. Uh, you say when you don't know and you offer them you know, the best possible scenario, the worst possible scenario, and what you feel in your professional opinion is the most likely scenario. And I guess that's kind of what we tried to do. And, and how most Aussies were feeling on the other side of that TV as well when you're getting up and, and talking them through it. Yeah, and, it, it, you know, I got, I got some... I was pleased with the feedback that I got because it's always been something, you know, I, um, 
I didn't go through med school thinking I was going to be the best doctor, the best researcher, but but I did know how to tell a yarn. And, you know, I think communicating in, in that way that people that don't use jargon, that's another big one. You, you got to communicate in a way that people can relate and understand. As soon as you use a jargon word, doesn't matter what it is, you can be as familiar with it as a doctor and you just assume that everybody else knows, but nobody knows. And yeah. that's when health communication falls apart. Yeah. Layman's terms. Yeah, layman's yeah. terms. That's what you need to do. Um, look, mate, as you know, this event is all about marketing and communication. Look, communication is something that you've had to do a hell of a lot of over the last two years. Um, I guess, oh, I've lost myself. We can cut that out. Um, how do you think uh, we can shape the future of health communication? Yeah, so I, th- I think the biggest challenge, Bryce, is that People have a limited a- attention span and, and anyone in marketing is going to understand that way more than me. But we've had sort of health shoved down our throats for two years and I think one of the things we're going to have to do is give people a break. Like we, we can't pivot into the sort of messaging that I'm passionate about that I spoke about at Carn in Cairns, which is, which is chronic disease messaging and, and getting people healthier and, and fitter and losing weight and that sort of thing. It's, it's not an immediate pivot. And we can't assume as health professionals that just because we got trust uh, in the COVID-19 pandemic, that that's necessarily going to continue. So I, I think we have to take a couple of things forward. I think we have to be very focused on what we want to achieve like there's so many competing health priorities in Australia what is the most important well 30% of Australians are classified as obese I'd actually put that as probably number one Uh, and if we have a if we have a national effort that's focused on making Australians fitter slimmer that's going to help with heart disease diabetes cancers all the things that flow from that and I think what we've learned then is what happens when you've got a unified voice? If everybody is singing from the same song sheet, giving people the same message, then the public will get it. So first step in the future of health communications, let's decide as chief medical officers and chief health officers what it's going to be and, uh, and, and push for that. And I reckon obesity reduction, good place to start. Great. I love it. Look, we had uh, Grant Patterson, uh, who's known as Scooter. You know, he gets up and he's, you know, in the pool by 4.40 in the morning and stuff, you know, if, some, you know, most people can take a little leaf out of his book. Um, you know, it'd be amazing. Next question, you know, obviously health has been a main focus for people throughout this little period in the pandemic, um, but how do we make health and well-being a focus going forward as we enter, dare, dare I say it, normal life? Yeah, so I think with, with any health communication, there's only so far that, that fear will get you. So you can tell someone that, Obesity is going to lead to heart disease. You could have an ad where you got a heart beating and then just stopping and you could come up with any number of things that are going to scare the bejesus out of people. Uh, by and large, people's attention is limited to that and they will, I think, psychologically just put that to one side. So if we... Yeah, we, 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 a lot of us yeah. do it. And, and, you know, we're all, we're all engaged in sort of, in sort of risky behaviors from now and again. And, and it would be hard to convince someone that the maintenance of their weight is, is a problem just by scaring them. So you have to sort of sell the benefits. You have to sort of sell the benefits of a healthy lifestyle, what it makes you feel like when you're not carrying around an extra 20 or 30 kilos, how your knees feel. You're easy, it's easier to walk, you're not in pain, you actually wake up feeling refreshed, you know, all these sort of things that 
people could actually latch onto and say, okay, this is actually going to help me. The harm equation is probably not going to get us where we need to go as a country. Yeah, wow. Uh, and lastly, Nick, if you could pick one thing to change about how health communication works right now, what would it be? Yeah, I'm going to go right back to the start, Bryce, and say let's get rid of that jargon. Yeah, yeah that's that. That's the one thing. That's a tip if for I me. could tell, and if I could tell my medical students one thing, and, and we do tell them this, uh, communicate in a language that your patient understands, which means, and this is hard because anyone in comms understands how, how draining communication can be, the emotional quotient of looking at your patients, seeing if they actually understand you and turning your conversation around to adapt it to their level of understanding, that is a tiring thing. And if you're at your 20th patient of the day and it's four o'clock, you've got to get home to the kids. You know, you can lapse into that jargon, but you've, you've got to maintain focus and you've got to maintain focus on getting your message across because it's the only way you're going to use your knowledge to help others. How long do you see that taking effect? Like, is that a two-year process where you get most doctors to minimize the jargon or is that a longer five, ten-year process to get done? I think if I if I could tell one doctor and they took it forward, that would be a win. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a, you know, a 2,000-year-old profession. It's, it's not going to change quickly, but medical education needs to change uh, to, to recognize the importance of communication as no, number one. Uh, and then the science comes after that. Pe- people will People will do what you tell them and work with you, but only if you work in their language. Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Nick, it's great to have a doctor in the house, a real-life <laughs> doctor. Um, mate, it's been fantastic having you on the podcast and Thanks, talking Bryce. about you know, something different to what we normally work with in the marketing space, but also relating it to that communication and how we can speak better to other people. Thanks, mate. I hope people have found it useful. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the official Khan in Cairns podcast powered by Acast, the world's largest independent podcast company. If you're interested in podcast advertising, contact ACAST to get your brand in front of millions of engaged listeners today.